All right. This is Zach from Dead Animal Assembly Plant, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Hey, nice to meet you. I'm not the dog barking. I'm the other guy talking. I know. Sorry. You may be hearing dogs barking at, at my side as well. <laughs> <laughs> my dog's too old. He's passed out upstairs. <laughs> oh, that's not a bad gig. No. Anyway, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I, I appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to, to talk to me. So with, a, with Dead Assembly Plant, I'm going to give you a chance here to give us a two-sentence boardroom pitch on what Dead Assembly Plant is. Uh, so Dead Animal Assembly Plant is a collection of uh, a merry band of cannibals uh, hailing from the sweet meat slaughterhouse, bringing you a bunch of dissonant noise and just uh, a soundtrack to exist in this horror that we call life. That was probably the best two sentence pitch I've gotten. <laughs> that was, yeah, I would agree <laughs> with that. I would agree with that. I was like, I wasn't ready for that. that no, was that was beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like you had it prepped. So look, when you guys are, let me just jump right in. You guys are super theatrical. When you guys are writing, are you writing with the whole production and theatrical portion in, in mind, or is that a, an afterthought? Um, the ah, that's a really good question. So when we're writing the songs, I, we don't really think about how necessarily this is going to uh, come out in, in on stage, or how is this going to incorporate necessarily into the world of theatrics. I guess they all kind of tie together because just inherently based on our personalities uh the themes that we write about musically do just kind of coincide with the themes that we present with our characters and with our stage show uh so it's kind of uh it's kind of marrying the two together but not necessarily writing with the thought of like okay well we're gonna incorporate this mask or this uh this prop with this song kind of thing okay uh, along those same lines, then, is there a message or a takeaway if you want your fans to walk away with after listening to Dead Animal Assembly Plant? Well, I mean, because we do consider ourselves a horror-themed band, but we don't necessarily we don't necessarily go the the horror punk route where it's the very tongue in cheek, you know, right on the nose, singing about ghosts and UFOs. Right. And, so it's not like the Murder Dolls or something like that. It's it's quite yeah. a bit different. Yeah. Exactly. So. It, Ours is representing the horror that is real life because nothing is more terrifying than reality. Horror movies are amazing, and I, you know, obviously incredibly inspired by Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the whole Leatherface thing and serial killers. But that's the thing is like the real life monsters are people. So it's yeah. Turn on your news now. It's uh, it's a horror story. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of the story that we try to come across is that humans are the real monsters. Yeah. Just going grocery shopping right now is a horror story. <laughs> so I agree. Was, real was this is- album or were these lyrics written in uh, during this uh, or was it finished before this whole nonsense started? Uh, so everything was actually finished before everything started, which kind of shows how predictable humans are so you could really write about any degradation of of 
humanity and it'll always be topical. It'll always be relevant. I mean, when was 1984 written? When was Brave New World written? And how topical and relevant are those books today? Absolutely. 1984 is like one of my favorite books of all time. I had to read it in high school and I, I, I've probably read that book now like five or six times. I think we need to throw Animal Farm in there as well. Yeah, Animal Farm's good. Oh, yeah. I mean, George Orwell is amazing. You know, there's definitely a lot of uh, prophetic nature to sci-fi. There's a lot of... Because if you look at the past, humans are pretty... They follow a very specific line of thinking and are very reactionary. So you can almost predict how people are going to respond to any given situation. Cool. Chris, uh, where are you guys located? Where are you from? Uh, Portland, Oregon. We're kind of scattered a little bit, but it's easier just to say Portland, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> Not, I've, I've been down there a few times. I used to live in Vancouver in Canada, so I'd go down there mostly for beer, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> a lot of beer. Uh, Portland loves the drink. Uh, Portland loves to drink. It loves to smoke its weed, and it loves strip clubs. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was a strip club place, too. But So what, what's it like being in, in your style of band in Portland? Is there, do you find an audience in Portland, or did you have to go outside of Portland to find the audience? Portland's an interesting city because I've been here long enough to see kind of how the music tastes have shifted over the years. But one thing I can really give Portland credit for is it has a really receptive metal scene. Really? Uh, Portland loves metal music. It hasn't always been that way. Uh, when we first started, we were pretty much just doing shows with like in the goth industrial crowd. That's kind of how we got our start. Mm-hmm. Uh, but through the years, what has kind of kept us going in this city, because Portland's, while it's getting bigger, it's not that big of a city, Yeah, is, is the metal scene. And they're really supportive. So it's... It, making that kind of transition from dealing with, you know, we're not dealing, but doing mostly industrial concerts, which is kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of a niche market to moving into metal, which is such a huge market because there's all sorts of different kinds of metal that it's, that's really helped us, I think, keep our heads above water and stay kind of, you know, moving forward. Absolutely. Um, being in Portland, you're close kind of to Seattle in that area. Um, do, you, do you ever go on, do you ever, how often do you tour? I guess is my question. Uh, so we tour roughly like once a year. Uh, in the last three years, we've been kind of slowly, because it was, it was definitely slow going for us uh, to start branching out and playing out of the area. I mean, we've, we've been playing in the Seattle area for a while since it is so close. Um, but actually touring, touring, it's been the last three years and kind of slowly building up, slowly getting further. And last year was our first national tour that we did. Oh, so that, that's cool. Yeah, that was, that was an interesting time. <laughs> why, why, why so interesting? Um, well, I mean, it was our first time we were on the road for six weeks and it was our own tour. We weren't with anyone else. So being a small band you hit a lot of interesting towns, play a lot of interesting venues. <laughs> sure. Uh, and, you know, uh, shortly before tour, we bought our own just big blue 1983 Ford bus. And <laughs> it broke down between 
uh, Portland and our very first show. <laughs> that <laughs> That's rock discussion. and roll though, right? Yeah. And so the whole six weeks, we were just kind of like, we're like, are we going to make it to the next show? Are we going to make it home? Is this going to, because, you know, it broke down on like the Jersey Turnpike, for example. And we're like, ah. Oh. Uh, but it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a grind, but like, I would, I wouldn't change it because the grind just kind of, kind of toughens you up. Yeah. What, what was it like living in that bus with five other people for that long? <laughs> you know, it, it, funny enough, like, we, while there were, was, of course, like, a, uh, you know, we had our spats, we had our little fights, but we we stayed together pretty well. We didn't really get sick of each other. Uh, and what was nice is uh, the, our drummer, who's he's also a welder, fabricator, is we were able to, you know, rip out some seats, install some beds. So it wasn't luxurious, but it, it we didn't have to do the traditional renting a van, sleep lean, where you kind of lean on everyone in the aisle. <laughs> so we actually got to lay down. Oh, uh, that's, that's positive. But, yeah, you know, Pacific Northwest has like the most mild weather. So we toured during like the, the thick of summer, you know, uh, back east, down south. Oh, God. We're just dying. <laughs> <laughs> and very few showers in between. We, we were pretty ripe. I would not <laughs> one to come on the bus or to definitely smell our stage outfits. Forget it. Right. So obviously there's no touring at the moment. So are you guys doing anything different to interact with your fans or anything special? It's, it's tough because this is definitely the time where bands need to be a little more creative and use technology on their side. Uh, yeah, we're trying to, and people are fickle, you know, people are always moving on to the next thing. So it is difficult to, grab people's attention still. So we're trying to stay, you know, uh, stay relevant, you know, releasing singles here and there for the new album, um, releasing the new music video. Uh, also just doing live streams, uh, you know, just trying to interact with everyone. Cause right. everyone, I think a lot of people feel isolated. A lot of people feel alone. And I think, especially as a band, if there's, anyone it could be one person that looks up to you if you're able to reach out to that person or reach out to people and, and talk to them that it can help us get through everything gotcha chris uh i don't have anything else bruce Do all right you? yeah i've got one yeah definitely okay. for sure so very theatrical band as we covered earlier what's the craziest on stage incident you've had with all those theatrics and props <laughs> um well, I've definitely been attacked a few times by some of the props. Uh, <laughs> the actually probably the the worst injury wasn't prop related. It was in Tucson, and uh, we were doing a show, and I was thrashing around, and I was kind of headbanging, bringing my head down at the same time. Uh, Rebecca, the guitarist, she was throwing her guitar up, and the corner of my eye caught the neck of her guitar. Oh, so I have a nice scar there. It, it cut me pretty good, and that was fun. Uh, did you finish the show? Oh yeah, I did. That's yeah. rock and roll. There, oh, you got to finish it. Repeat. Yeah. No. So the reason I asked that question is I've been asking it for a while, but I was interviewing this band from Europe one time called I think it's Saltatio Mortis. They're kind of a, a folky metal band from somewhere over in Eastern Europe. And he told me a story. They were playing Vakken or Wacken or however you want to pronounce it. Oh, and they yeah. 
just getting to get on stage and he had shorts on and a hornet went up his shorts and stung him in the nuts. <laughs> like right as the show was going to get started. And he said it was the most intense pain ever. And he had to keep playing. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Got to keep playing. No, the, the crowd don't know. Yeah, they don't know. I, 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 uh, one show, we were playing at this really interesting uh, Masonic Lodge and they had a marble floor. And at the time we used a fog machine and the fog machine made the marble floor slick like ice oh yeah the, i'm during like the first line of the first song i stepped down and i slipped and i broke my thumb <laughs> oh, damn. and i was just like whoops okay well just keep doing the show yeah the show must go on that's funny exactly <laughs> and probably nobody even notices out in the audience so who cares yeah exactly i mean one good thing about being in a theatrical band and you know wearing makeup and costumes is you can be a little ridiculous and people just think it's part of the act. And in fact, we do like to roughhouse on stage. Uh, me and Nick, the bassist, uh, we like to fight and toss each other around. And while it's it's not so much choreographed, but it is kind of like we kind of have an idea how to give and take. Uh, Off stage, it kind of can look like we're beating the crap out of each other. <laughs> <That's a pretty laughs> <illusion. laughs> But on stage, it's all, part, it's of all part of the show. Right, <laughs> yeah. exactly. If fans want to find you guys, uh, you guys pretty active social media-wise? We are, uh, mainly on Instagram, Facebook. Um, we do have a YouTube channel, which has a bunch of like live videos, all of our official vid- music videos. But we do want, we are planning on being more active on our YouTube channel, having more exclusive content. Uh just doing more short videos. I mean, especially with doing the makeup and a lot of people ask us, how long does it take you to do your makeup? What kind of makeup do you use? And might even do like a dead animal assembly plant makeup tutorial. Cause why not? That yeah, would be, not? I would, I would yeah. actually watch that. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all about engagement at this, at this point in the game, right? Yeah, exactly. Try to think outside the box or even if it's within the box, what can you do to make it a little bit interesting? Right. Chris, you got anything else? I don't, man. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was a real pleasure and, the, and great. good luck with, the, with yeah. the record. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.